Uh, your oh. new flaps are really looking up. Look at that, my brand new flappers. Yeah. You look great too. Yeah. You know? Alfred Desmond. Hello, Alfred. G'day, how are you? Oh, very well. Nice to see you. Oh, look, Norman Newman hasn't got the gear on. Hello, Norman. Hello there. I'm naked. I've just got out of the shower. Uh, we have Charlie Who upstairs. Hi, oh, yeah, I am up here. Then there's the man from Jupiter. Oh, we have a lot of trouble with snowdroppers up in uh, Upper Cumbacta West. Do yes. you really? But Robert's left town now, so it's all stopped. Hey, which, which dog is this? Is that uh, Ziggy? Is this Ziggy? Which no- four? Ziggy number four. Gee, he goes through a lot of dogs. Has <laughs> <laughs> the RSPCA heard about this? <laughs> you notice how I tidied it up very quickly. I said, there's the RSPCA. John, the great thing about the show, we all fondly remember it, watching it and laughing so yeah. much, but it was live and it was dangerous. Oh, That's absolutely. the part of great TV, isn't it? Snaffled a little bit of a snippet there from Channel 10 because I didn't have uh, oodles of time this week to be cutting and editing a lot of extra sound. But hello to the sound man of all time, Mr John Blackman. How are you this morning? Hello, Jules. How are you? I'm doing quite well, thank you. I just want, I've been looking at uh, the three uh, MDR uh, rundown, or grid as you like to call it, program grid, mm-hmm. and I'm more intrigued by the titles of programs. I mean, your program comes up classically Saturday, which is, which is what it is, but I want to know why uh, Waking Up the Neighbours <laughs> with Dan Smith is on between 5pm and 6pm. Shouldn't that be on between 5am and 6am? I think it used to have an evening slot. I think there might be a few people who've moved around on the grid in uh, recent times. There's uh, been a whole bunch of uh, new recruits come through, which is great. But uh, Waking Up the Neighbours has been a, a program for quite some time. I'm not quite sure why, they, why they've why they moved around. In fact, actually, funnily well, enough, with COVID, we, we don't see each other very often at all at the moment. Uh, so. Well, who sleeps between 5 and 6pm? That's what I want to know. Oh well, I would if I got a half a half a chance. <laughs> I love a nana. I love a nana nap. <laughs> and and one more question. Hey, one hang more on, question. It's supposed to be me asking the questions. What's going on here? <laughs> I, will, I will ask the questions. I will ask the questions, Jules. Oh it. dear! I <laughs> want to know. And this is my only question. Uh, I want to know Larry Liebert's real name because he seems to be doing all of the programs on three MDR. Larry Liebert is uh, a very special guest who sneaks into the studio. Oh, actually, yes. and uh, especially when, um, especially when you're not looking. In fact, I had a lot of fun um, when we first started at the station with uh, Larry, who used to sidle down the steps as I went up into the studio. My kids couldn't work out how Larry had got out of the building without being noticed, without being seen. Uh, he's he's, a, he's a very man, shy bird. Him. Yes, he's like the Scarlet Pimpernel of the radio. That's right. And he, uh, yeah. yes, and he, he, can, must, he, he must have a, a, an apartment there, does he? Because he would have to sleep with all of the programs I see him doing. He lives in Sherbrooke Forest and he just pops out every so often and mimics yeah. somebody on the radio. Yeah. Now, now listen, uh, Bud, and just one more too, Jules. Uh, Rescue Logs, Inc. Yes. Um, I've got a 50-foot uh, or 50-metre driveway. Uh, down the side of our place, and I'd be happy to take on some of the logs. I don't think the people in the three units behind us would be too happy. That's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, goodness gracious. Sense of humour. Definitely um, a, a foot. <laughs> Watch out, people. Anything could happen here on this station. And possibly won't. Yeah, that's possibly true. <clears throat> now, how, how have you been keeping? Oh, look, very well, thank you very much. Uh, my wife, Cecile, and my daughter, Tiffany, and I um, survived the uh, the earthquake. Uh, the I think it was six on the Richter scale, which incidentally was the about the same or one one point lower than the uh, uh, size seven one that uh, destroyed uh, Haiti and killed two hundred thousand people around about eight years ago. I think. Goodness gracious! So we're we're very lucky. I thought it was interesting that someone um, posted as a ex a music geography teacher, but somebody posted somewhere or other. Oh, is there going to be tsunamis? You know, all this sort of thing. My cup of tea managed to. I'm thinking, hang on a second, guys. The epicenter was in Mansfield, like it's underneath the yes. Austra- Australasian plate. It's not anywhere near, you know, the subduction zone of the Pacific. I think we're going to be safe from a tsunami yeah, at this point. And it was ten, 10 kilometres down too. Now, listen, um, I, I, I'll give you a bit of background here, ladies and gentlemen. I heard your interview last week with Murray Tregoni. Yes. And I rang him afterwards and I said, fair dinkum, mate, you could talk under wet cement. <laughs> Even more if you've got something to say. But anyway, but uh, I did oh. enjoy that interview. He's listening and, uh, this morning. That, Hello, Murray. Oh, he's, he's listening. Yeah, he- that hour went very, very quickly, which I thought it wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> So, so his side of the street, you will actually, I, I believe you, um, <laughs> demanded uh, equal time. So he took, he took 40 minutes. You've got about another 30 up your sleeve. You've, you've wasted 10 of them asking me questions. So right. Yes. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, Jules. I, I do apologize. But, uh, yes, right. Murray and I, I mean, we, we often take the mickey out of each other. We have been doing so for, well, the best part of 28 or 50 years now, of course, because hey, hey, it's uh, 50 years is coming up pretty soon on television. I tried to get Daryl to uh, ask Channel 7 if they'd run it uh, between 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock tonight. Oh. Um, but yeah, Channel 7 sort of uh, said, well, look, we've got another bigger program on Daryl. Uh, I think it's called the, <laughs> the AFL Grand Final. Oh. I said, oh, okay, fine. Yes, all right. So that, that would have made us very popular. So how's all that programming work? That must have been pretty tricky to put together in uh, this year, is it? How does it work for, for film and television? Uh, what, uh, putting together something like, uh, hey, mm. hey, it's uh, 50 years, I don't know. Well, Daryl did all the work. I mean, you know, he's got, well, he's had nothing to do for <laughs> the last <laughs> 10 years. So uh, he, he basically put it together and um, we, we whacked it together at a secret location in South Melbourne uh, a couple of weeks ago. And the broadcast date, not even he knows what uh, what date it is, so I can't... I'm not a security risk there. Right, OK. I wasn't sure what I was allowed to ask about. <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all. You can ask anything you like. I mean, uh, a lot of people finished up on the cutting room floor uh, because there was so much material we, we mm. had to put in. In fact, there's enough there for another special, we think. I mean, 28 years, it's... It's a long time, and uh, uh, back in the day um, when we first started, we didn't have uh, well, we didn't have videotape. Our cameras, we had to put wood in them to make them work. Um, but uh, there, there's, there's an awful lot of stuff in the the latter part of those 28 years, which uh, Daryl's been busily digitised. He's been digitising while he's uh, while he's been retired. Oh, um, so he's got a lot of material. I was going to say it's such a skill set to do the audio and the visual, and then 
you know, how do you choose from such a library? That's an incredible... Where is the library? Like, where do you keep... I mean, obviously digitising. There must be... I think Murray was talking about all the tapes and he said he has them. He must have a garage, you know, well, <laughs> the size yeah, of Murray, Maya. Yeah, no, no, Murray's, Murray's put them all on, on, uh, on the computer now. I mean, they're all stored in his computer, but uh, he did have box after box after box of uh, what we used to call cassettes or uh, cartridges. He used to cut them in every Saturday and then cut them, or they, or they whacked them away somewhere at Channel Nine. But, uh, but uh, all of that's gone. Of course, everything's getting smaller, Jules. I'm afraid, um, and uh, including yes. Oh, anyway, I won't say that. I won't go there. Uh, but, but it's <laughs> okay. all getting it's all getting smaller. So you you know it's it's great actually and, and easier to uh, access as well. But uh, but Daryl, uh, I think. Uh, he, I think, well, he actually owned the show, and uh, I'm not giving away secrets here. And at the end of each uh, recording or each night, they'd give him a tape, and he'd uh, uh, take it home. And uh, I think they're all stored in a container at a secret location, right. uh, along with all of the logies that uh, we <laughs> won. Of course, we leave them at Daryl's place for security purposes, so they're all out there as well. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Listen, I have, I have one of the questions I've always I sort of wanted to ask you, and my, my mum's listening today in Mildura. Hi, mum. Hi, Jill's mum. Jackie, you must, be, you must be proud of your daughter. Oh, you know, I think she was. She just uh, thinks I twiddle away here on a Saturday morning, which I do. I quite enjoy it. <laughs> it's been, it's actually, it's my tenth anniversary this year. Next week, I think it is two weeks away. Wow! And from what I gather, listening to you, that's as old as your son is. Uh, actually, my son is 15 and my daughter oh. will be 13 tomorrow. She's, oh, okay. All right, I got that one wrong. So close, okay. close, right. close. <laughs> this, uh, Jules Vines continues. Yes, and we're going to get you to do a sting for us at the end of this, by the way, just letting you know. Um, but had, when did you decide or when did you figure out that you had the gift of, of voices for, and obviously not hearing voices in your head, um, producing <laughs> voices? <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. Like everything in my my career, Jules, it uh, it happened by accident. And uh, as I said, uh, um, well, when, how, where do I start? If I, God, I wish Murray was here. At the beginning is a good spot. We start at the very beginning. Well, depends. I was born at a very early age with my mother at the time. <laughs> Um, I was a very ugly baby. Uh, in fact, uh, when everybody took turns slapping me. Oh, when I was dear. Born. I'm going to get my um, violin out now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, uh, I think my show business career, when I thought I could, you know, I started thinking, oh, I could do, make a living out of this, started back in Goulburn in 1969 um, when I um, had to do the afternoon session and part of that afternoon session was reading Storytime, which was on at five to four every afternoon at the end of my shift and the beginning of the drive time shift. And I had to read a story out of a storybook and I would sort of read it sort of fairly blandly. But uh, then I thought maybe I could do a couple of voices here. So, ha, said the witch, you won't find me in your kettle. You're going to find me under your bed. <laughs> oh, said Dad. You know, so that's where I discovered I could sort of do some voices. So um, I guess that was the genesis of it. But uh, when I got to uh, to Melbourne, about uh, 18, 18 months after I um, got out of country radio, I, I uh, got the job at Channel 9 and 
And on Hey on Hey Hey Saturday, I, I think Murray did mention I got I used to get rostered on on a Saturday morning between six a.m. and midday, which is a six-hour shift, just doing booth announcements like Out Now, available at these stores. Mm. Coming up next on Nine General Hospital, followed by Days of Our Lives. Uh-huh. Um, so everything was sort of done live back then, but uh, these days it's all recorded, and these even these days further, it's um, it's all on computer. Um, so I tend to I tend to drift. I'm sorry, Jules. Uh, where was I? Oh, That's yes. all right. You, well, actually, I want, I'm going to take you back to country radio and ask you a little bit about that. It's called um, "This Is Your Life" series. Is uh, the segment we're having at the moment? I think we might have to make it a regular segment. <laughs> <laughs> Murray's lining up the rest of the cast as we speak. <laughs> He's a very good organiser. I, I always wanted to run uh, This Is Your Life, so I think I'm in my dream job right now, so this is great. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about your country radio experience. Which radio station were you working with? Uh, 2GN Goulburn, and I usually go through the radio stations by how much money I got. So let's start off at uh, 3AW Melbourne, where I went to the radio school, and I got rostered on to do Saturday Night News. Uh, pay absolutely nothing but the experience was great and then I uh, thought well I've got to get a job in radio so I sent off an audition tape to audition tapes to the farthest flung radio stations uh, in Australia because I'd figured they would be the most desperate to get me so and uh, one of them came back and it was 2GN Goulburn um, and that was uh, $39.50 a week Jules. (laughs) about double what they're paying you at 3 every hour, I <laughs> And what year was that, John? When, when would that have been? <laughs> uh, long before you were born. Yes. Uh, ni- 1969. Well, not too bad. No, I'm a 71 baby, so that's not too... Oh, well, oh, well. Yeah. You sound a lot younger. Oh, you look, sound a lot younger. Young at heart, love. Young at heart. <laughs> can I... Hey, can this old guy suck enough? I don't think so. But anyway, <laughs> um, so, so I... I, I my my first wife, uh, yes, I have been married twice. Um, I went home to tell her that I this job. Oh, hello. Oh dear, I think we've we've dropped him off somewhere. I'm not quite sure. Here we go. We'll go back to a couple of little announcements, and we'll get John back on the phone. Just hold your horses, there, people. This is Beck. This is Dave.
been them on yellow dog blues they had. Off here. There we go. We're on here now. We're back. All right. Okay. And as I just said, off here, I, I seem to say that a fair bit. <laughs> we're, we're back. <laughs> oh, we back. Are we live, are we? We're live again now. That's right. Oh, People good. listen just because they never know when we're going to be on air, John. That's why yeah. community yeah. radio is so much fun. <laughs> well, yes, and I know. And you're not, you're not blessed with funds, of course. I realise that. And that'll teach you to buy all of your equipment at a garage sale. I mean, you, should, you don't get a warranty with it, do you? <laughs> um, it's, not, it's not my desk. I can't say that I'm responsible for it, actually. <laughs> all right, OK. At least, at least uh, it wasn't the devil went down to Georgia, which, uh, <laughs> which mm. you had to play earlier on. That was the lovely Dave DeProse, who is um, a stalwart of the radio station and in the hills here, beautiful blues uh, instrumentalist there. So uh, Yellow Dog Blues. No. Where were we? Um, where were we? We were, we, Goulburn, we were chatting about 2GN and how you earned yes. uh, $39 a week, and I haven't even, I don't even think I've uh, earned that much in my life here in 10 years. Well, so. <laughs> no, I know. But I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's irrelevant, really, the money. But it's I, not about uh, the money. How, well, it's not about the money, it's about the love of our, our industry. But when, when I got off the train uh, with a suitcase at uh, 9 o'clock at night, uh, and a very cold night it was in Goulburn, and minus my wife, who was going to travel up a little later on, um, I was met by the program manager. Let's call him Bill Barnes. And uh, he said, welcome to Goulburn. Um, I'll drop you off at the hotel, and then we'll go down to the Rizzle. And I said, uh, and of course, yeah, you're talking about 24-year-old, you know, callow youth here. And I said, the Rizzle, Mr. Barnes, I had to call him Mr. Barnes, he said, yeah, the RSL. I said, oh, right, that's, that's what you call them in New South Wales. And he said, yes, yes. So we'll drop you at the hotel. I'll drop you at the hotel, and then we'll go down to the Rizzle for a meal. And um, we arrive at the Rizzle, and he said, I don't suppose you could lend me $10, could you? <laughs> and I I uh, said, uh, yeah. I said, he says, it's just I left my wallet at home, and uh, we need to pay for the meal. So naively and out of fear of, you know, not wanting to, you know, get the boss offside, I did give him the $10 and I've never got it back, but it turned out he was a hopeless drunk. <laughs> and you haven't, you haven't forgotten it. It hasn't scarred you at all, has it? <laughs> oh, well, look, you know, I don't believe in harbouring bitterness, jewels. It's such a wasteful emotion. But uh, so anyway, um, so basically there, you made me promise to stay for 12 months. And uh, I'm not surprised after six months I left and got a job down the road at uh, 2CA Canberra where I stayed for 12 months. And uh, that's where my uh, first marriage broke up and I met my uh, my current future ex-wife, uh, Cecile, at a party. <laughs> and uh, we've been together ever since. We married in 1972, so we're coming up for 50 years next year. I hope she just spilt your tea on the floor. <laughs> No, she's like, I'll tell you what, she's in bed at the moment. I, I call the Lady Muck, and I'm in my office or my study, if you like, and uh, I make her a cup of coffee in the morning. She, she gets up in the morning, we have a cuddle, standing up, and uh, she goes back to bed and reads her the newspapers and all that sort of stuff with a cup of coffee, and then we have this system, Jules, where if my phone... 
phone goes, I know she's ready for her second cup of coffee. So like Pavlov's dog, I get up and put the kettle back on again and, and take her in another cup of coffee. And that's the last we see of each other for the rest of the day. I was going to say, that's quite, that's a beauty of a, of a, a close relationship. You don't even have to speak. You can just no. talk well, in code. Right. <laughs> exactly. And then so, so Canva was fine uh, and... Um, uh, then I just thought, well, I've had enough of this. You know, the bush, I've been up in the bush for 18 months. I know everything there is to know about radio and broadcasting. So I uh, sent off some audition tapes and uh, uh, 3AW, funnily enough, it's gone full circle. They they responded and said, yeah, you can come back here and do it a night shift. So uh, I did uh, 6 p.m. till midnight uh, for a few years and the rest is sort of a little bit hazy. Mm. And did you, and so then you moved. How did you move from radio into television? How did that uh, transition? Oh, well, see there again. You see this. This is where the money thing comes in, Jules. Because uh, although the money at three AW was good, it was only I think about one hundred and seventy-five dollars a week. So I, uh, my wife Cecile has very expensive tastes <laughs> and wanted to shift out of the uh, the bed sitter that we'd uh, we were renting in South Yarra. So I decided I had to get another job, so I went to Channel 9 and asked if they, they had any, had any uh, booth announcing work, which paid quite well. I mean, it's only 25 bucks a shift or something like that. But the thing is, you had to sit there for six hours to do them the mm. uh, announcements live, and that's where I, I was rostered on on a Saturday morning, so I said, and that's where you know Daryl and I built up a, a, a relationship. And Murray, of course, I was upstairs with Murray, and uh, we used to just rise around. Um, sending each other up and sending stuff up that was on the on the on the telly and all that sort of stuff. And uh, Daryl uh, knew. Well, I mean, we sort of were friends, but uh, he knew I was upstairs. And, and the booth announcer never spoke to the on-air talent ever. Uh, but uh, Daryl knew I was up there. And as Murray said last week, some kid sent in a drawing of a, an angel. And uh, Daryl said, uh, looking up at me, and I thought, oh, what's he want? He said, I wonder if the angel will say something to us, boys <laughs> or girls. So that's when I, I <clears throat> rallied my most falsetto voice I could, and uh, I can't do it now. I said, hello, Daryl. And, and everybody thought that was very, very funny. And then we all rolled around that little on, on the floor um, and the crew and everything. And, and that's, uh, as they say, the rest is history. And that's how all the other characters. So, did you invent some of these new characters that came about, or was it, did that come from a voice? Where, who, where did that sort of they grow from? Uh, Mrs. McGillicuddy, where did she come from? <laughs> well, I don't know. It, I mean, it was very much a team effort. And remember, Jules, there's no I in team. No. There is an M and an E, by the way, but uh, <laughs> but it was pretty much. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much a. Uh, you'll have to excuse me. I'm, I don't have any teeth anymore, so I am uh, because of a certain a little bit of bad luck I had about three years ago. Yes. Anyway, that's that's for our next interview. Um, because oh yes, that's right. Yes, so uh, yeah, they're very much a team effort. I mean, Dickie Knee used to be just a school kid, uh, or and Daryl. We didn't have a name for him, but uh, then one day Daryl banged his knee. Uh, behind the desk, and Ozzy said, "Oh, what's wrong, Daryl?" Said, oh, oh, got a dicky knee. And I thought, "Oh, that's a perfect name for my little school kid." So I stuck my head up and I said, "You rang?" He said, "Who are you?" And I said, "I'm Dicky Knee." And that's how he was born, quite by accident, a bit like most of my career. So, as I said, it was very much, very much a team effort. Mrs. McGillicuddy. Well, I just thought, talking, you know, 
you know, that's, that's what reminded me of my teeth. Uh, she would sound something like that in a little old lady. Yeah. It was basically going back to, you know, what I was doing in Goulburn with the, uh, with the story time. So just making it up as we went along. I, Charlie, who highly politically incorrect these days. I mean, because you can't do accents. I don't know whether you realise that, do you? Well, it, what, uh, that was one of the other questions I had for you. You've uh, not just, um, you know, the breadth of the, the television that you've covered because, you know, mum used to raise one eyebrow and sort of tell us that, you know, blankety blanks was a bit rude. <laughs> she, she, she wasn't really keen for us to be watching that when we were young, but, um, you know, hey, hey, it's Saturday. We, we probably wouldn't have missed too many episodes of that. Um, well, the thing with Hey Hey is the, the, the uh, humour was very adult. See, we, we knew because we were on between 8 and 11 on a Saturday morning, we knew that the kiddies were watching, but we had to throw something in for the adults. So um, the adults would laugh at something and the kids, and you were probably one of them, they said, what are you laughing at, Mum and Dad? And I said, oh, nothing, dear. <laughs> we'll tell you when you turn 21. But there was a, there was a lot of innuendo. Uh, on Hey Hey it's Saturday, and I think that's what made it so popular. It became, you know, a, a compulsive viewing for the adults as well as the kids, because the kids could see Aussie ostrich. What could possibly, you know, be wrong with that? You know, little pink uh, stuffed ostrich <laughs> talking to Daryl. But uh, we all, it was uh, very, very much an adult show. And, and uh, in, in fact, we, we had to be less adult when we went to tonight's halfway through uh, Hey Hey's run back in. I think 1986 or something like that. So we had to be a little bit more circumspect about our humour because uh, <laughs> some real people were watching, not just the, you know our fans in the morning. But isn't that the brilliance of having a team that all has that quick wit and the jokes just you know shotgun here, there, and, and across, and you know play yeah. off against each other? Was was there well, um, more people? One the, person of the team more that had the sort of uh, cheeky humour, or was that you? <laughs> No, 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 no. We all had our part to play. It was a bit like a game of football, Jules. You know, um, uh, Daryl would hand pass the football and you better be there to catch it and you'd be better be there with a funny line and then uh, you should never drop the ball. Uh, so you hand pass it on, on to somebody and they better have a funny line or Murray better have a funny sound effect. So, so it was very much... Uh, well, basically, we spent the whole show just handballing stuff to each other, but mainly we used to try and get Daryl to break up, and we knew when he, he he could he could well he could break up, you know, with a cod break up I call it. But we knew when he genuinely broke up. So that's we spent three hours some mornings trying to get him, and some mornings we didn't, but we had a lot of fun get, trying to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did, did you um? I had another question there. I've lost it now. It's just jumped out of my head. There you go. I should have written write them it down. down. <laughs> when in doubt, when in doubt, write it out. <laughs> That's right. I have to go home and do my lines. Um, so, and then there was all the stuff that was going on behind the scenes as well. So, we had friends from Mildura Amateur Theatre that were down. I think I was telling Murray last week on the um, Red Simon's um, segment. You know the. Um, Oh, the red faces. The red faces. And they were so excited to be there. We were thrilled for them. You know, it was a big story for four boys from Mildura to come down as an a cappella group and and sing. And um, so we were, you know, we all lined up watching. Oh, they're on Hey Hey. You know, and and it's just such an iconic, um, you know, brings back so many memories. I think that's what most of the listeners were talking about last week. Just, Just to be able to discuss with you that role of... 
of the joy you've brought people over the time that program has been on is is incredible, and we thank you for it. I think it's been um this has been marvelous, marvelous history. Mm. Oh well, were you in the audience uh, when your friends from Mildura came down? Or oh no 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 um. No, we were all in an amateur theatre company. And in fact, actually, you talk about that kind of joking. That's the kind of humour they all had. So one yeah. of them's a very successful Melbourne uh, musician down here, Richard Tankard. He's uh, based out in Wollongong. Uh, not Wollongong, in uh, Warrnambool. And um, yes. he plays plays uh, some terrific music down here with Jeff Atchison and a few other people. Uh, and I'm trying to think. The others, oh, one of them's gone. One of them's passed away already. Um, Scotty Bildstein's not here any longer. And Shorty, yes. Shorty was from school and someone else. But that was more the thrill, I think, that, you know, six degrees of knowing somebody famous on, you know, on the television. And I think we all looked at Red Simons, who was the meanest man on TV at one point, I reckon. Oh, look, it's, it's just an act. It's sorry, sorry, act. Red. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Although sometimes he, he takes the character out of the studio and I always used to say Red leave the character in the studio that wasn't very nice what you just said or did then but uh, but uh, yeah so we all we all had our part to play and and, uh, and I, I wouldn't uh, change it for, for quids Jules I was, uh, I've been a very I regard myself as a very lucky boy you know 16 year old Mount Waverley boy who left home at that age and uh, managed to make some sort of a career uh, out of uh, out of show business, so I just regard myself as very very lucky. I've remembered my question now. Um, yeah. it, it was to do with a similar kind of question to Murray last week. Um, just having met so many famous people who would have been on the show, who you've had the privilege of being able to poke fun at. Um, yes. Have you have you ever sort of had any scenarios where it's been gone a bit awkward, or or is that just the the brilliance of, of being a comedian? You can sort of. You've got the freedom to. <laughs> well, there've been lots of embarrassing moments. Most of my career is involves embarrassing moments. <laughs> but uh, oh, there, there was one. There was one time if I didn't get a laugh with Dickie Knee in the first twenty seconds of the show, the show was going to be just rubbish after that. So I was always, you know, determined the first one should be a really, really good gag, got a big laugh. So I think one day, Darrell, we were talking about Bronwyn Bishop. Remember the Senator Bishop? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, well, I, I, I stole this joke. This will teach me to steal. Oh, mind you, uh, you, you know, amateurs imitate professional steal, I always say. But uh, I think you mentioned Bronwyn Bishop and Dickie stuck his head up and uh, he said, Do you realise uh, Senator Bishop is uh, half Shepherd? And uh, <laughs> Daryl said, No. Yeah, and the other half's German. Oh dear! Uh, I got it around. I got it asked about. T- asked about her face. <laughs> I didn't realise, but there was sudden. You know, those the tumbleweeds went through the studio, and coyotes mm. started howling in the different in the in the distance, and frogs started. You know, and I thought, oh no, I messed that up. And, and and the whole show for me was an absolute disaster after that. So that that was one of the, you always remember the embarrassing bits. Um, and one other one. Have we got time? Oh, I mean, you... yeah, we know it's okay. I don't, I don't get uh, pushed out of the chair till eleven o'clock. So you, you get oh, wax, really? wax, wax lyrical. Yeah, chat away. Oh, we're, we're, okay. we're good. <laughs> well, well, normally, you know, I did the opening of the show, and now my last words were, "Here's Daryl." But Daryl, we had uh, Julian Lennon on one night. Singing, I think he was singing "Saltwater" or something like that. I remember that. Um, sorry, I, I remember that episode. <laughs> I remember that. I yeah. had a, well, the thing is, you won't, you won't re- 
hopefully I got away with this, Jules, but uh, Daryl entrusted me with the opening of, not only the opening of the show, but the introduction of the first act. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, okay, fine, yeah, I can handle that. I'm a professional, you know, I was confident. So uh, so the opening at 6.30 comes, and welcome to Hey Hey, it's Saturday on Relay Around Australia. Wadi wadi wa. And to open the show, ladies and gentlemen, please make welcome jo- Julian Lennon. <laughs> and, oh, my God, I was so embarrassed, Jules, I could have dangled my feet off a thruppence. And um, I've got a window. I was upstairs, and there's a window to the control room, and the producer came around to the window, and I don't know what he mouthed at me, but it was utterly <laughs> vile. Um, and uh, I went out and I said, oh, I'm so sorry, Kevin. I just, you know, I just, you know, I'm, because I'm a baby boomer, I just automatically thought John Lennon. And um, he said, well, just as, just as well, because, you know, uh, that was just terrible. We'll never give you the, uh, the opening <laughs> intro again. And uh, I went went down to apologise to Julian, and uh, I said, I'm sorry, mate, but you can see I'm, I'm a baby boomer and I, I loved your dad's work and I've got to, you know, wow, 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 wow. He said, oh, that's all okay. Everybody does it. And, and I thought, oh, well, I'm, good. I'm in good company then. I'm in good company. <laughs> that's but, right, you haven't uh, let him down. <laughs> I haven't let him down, no. Yeah, silly old bugger he probably thought. There you go. Uh, and, um, anyway. and what are some other memorable characters that you would have brushed shoulders with or met? And oh. did you ever see yourself doing that? I mean, that probably just became apparent once you... You show well, the thing. The thing. The thing is, Jules Darrell used to introduce me as the man with a thousand voices, and I really only had probably at best about five of them. You know, Mrs. McGillicuddy, Charlie Who, um, Dickie Knee, and the Angel. Mm. And I, I didn't have the heart to tell him, Daryl, it's not a thousand. It's probably about five, and I don't do those very well either. And they all sound like me. <laughs> but uh, but it's been it's been a great uh, great relationship, and. Uh, We've uh, we've had a lot of fun, a lot of notoriety. Murray's built up a very um, uh, lucrative uh, business, hiring out uh, you know autoprompters and microphones and whatever. He does, um, yep. and he's got offices in Sydney, Melbourne, and London. <laughs> That's what and, his business card reads, anyway. And he's been he's been stuck here for a, a bit, I believe. He's um, obviously the COVID stopped him here in Australia. So uh, we're, we're grateful, Murray. We're grateful to have you here. <laughs> He's stuck here in Australia. Would he have been overseas if it had been? Oh, yeah, no, no, I, no, no. Well, you know, you, Murray's uh, he's a very, he's a very astute businessman. I'll give him that much, and he's and not only that, a good mate and and a good friend, a very generous friend too. Um, so uh, I want to hear a word about Murray. There's nothing I wouldn't do with Murray for Murray, and there's nothing he wouldn't do for me. And that's how we go through life. Nothing he'll doing bugger all for each other. <laughs> Very good, very good. I know he's. Well, you told me he's listening. So yes, that's just for you. Man. You can um, you can put your requests or your complaints or your questions to to John on the Facebook page, Jules Vines, if you want to ask him a question. We've got about five minutes more, and then we have to probably wrap it up. Or you can text oh. them through to zero four nine seven one zero two thousand if you've got a question for John or a memory. Um, but you better get in quick. Um, now was was uh. And then the last thing is, so for the future, so you 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 retired um, from television at the end of of Hey Hey. Is, is that where the retirement sort of came oh, about as well? No, no, no. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a man of many parts, uh, Jules. I, I did an awful lot of. Uh, I've done about, I reckon, a thousand corporate gigs, as we used to call them. You know, like uh, conferences and awards nights and stuff like that. 
Um, it all came to a very sad end in uh, 2018 when a little pimple on my chin decided mm. it would uh, turn into a uh, a uh, SCC, which for the uninitiated is a squamous cell carcinoma, uh, which is one of the which is the deadly one. It's That's the, the deadly melt. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and if I didn't, uh, I didn't undergo a uh, a 12 hour operation. Uh, to remove most of my, well, all of my bottom jaw and mm. all of my teeth north and south, I would have, I would have died. So, you know, maybe I should have. But anyway, that's another story. Well, I, and and the thing is, it was a twelve-hour operation, and I think occasionally I suffer from pod. What's pod, John? Well, thank you for asking, Jules. <laughs> it's post-operative delirium, right? Uh, which they reckon that for every hour you're under anaesthetic which I was under yes. for 12 hours, you, it takes 12 months to, to get over it, you know, to re, um, recover from it. Mm. And it's taken me three years. <laughs> Pe- that's people why don't... I ramble sometimes. <clears throat> no, that's all right. People don't realise how, um, you know, general. They, they talk about general anaesthetic, goodness, I can't even get that out. I'll get my own teeth out now, shall I, John? <laughs> I'll put them back in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> um, but, but more power to you and, and fair play to you because you've done a brilliant job of getting this speech um, under control, you know, that you, radio works well, back and you yeah. must be the most determined um, and resilient person. I know Murray says he, he uh, what was his, what did he call you? He says he thinks you're the bravest man he knows. Am oh, I? no, no. Bravery, bravery. No, basically it's, it's, it's just, well, I've got that survival instinct and, and I think that's because I came from a background where, you know, uh, I had to survive. I got to know my dad like the back of his hand, and I think that's probably one of the reasons I, you know, developed this ability to make people laugh because, you know, I knew if dad laughed, I wasn't going to get a clip under the ear or have a bunch of keys thrown at me at the dining room table. So I I think that my ability for survival sort of goes back to, you know, working over, living at home. And uh, and a violent uh, and a violent drunken father, so um, it's not exactly the best start to one's career. But not really. I realise. Sorry. Oh, now <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm hearing that it's time to probably we have to actually let you go. I could chat with you for ages. You know, really uh, wonderful. Yeah. Who's uh, that screaming hmm. in the background? Oh, I don't know. Just this little fellow That's just Larry, came out of nowhere. Larry <laughs> Oh, now, Larry Lyrebird's actually very capable of making a whole range of sounds. I haven't invited him to the studio today. <laughs> you, I, I tell you what, 3MDR has the most eclectic, there's that word again, eclectic uh, array of programs with some really interesting names. Yes, it does. <laughs> like Friendly Femmes. What's that, that about? Well, well, they're two women who, who like to chat on radio about women's... Business and women's friendships oh, and relationships okay. and anything All to do right. with being friendly up. and being feminine or being a femme, a oh, woman. Okay. <laughs> and I particularly like this one, Jules, a bitch's brew. I have now. I haven't come. I haven't actually heard that one yet. So All right. back when I started, I used to listen to most of the programs across the, the grid. These days, I have two teenagers, and I've. Uh, and, a, yeah. and a music business I'm trying to, you know, s- struggle along with. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, listen, I, I wish you the best of luck. And, uh, oh, look, here's one. Tool, is it Tool Time? Tool Time. Tool I'm not time. looking, I'm not actually looking at a copy of the grid. So you're asking oh, me about no, programs no, like... you should. Yeah, sure. It's not all about you, Jules, <laughs> by the way. 
<laughs> when, when we started this interview, I'll have you know that John actually sent me, listeners, John sent me an email saying he couldn't wait to get on and talk about his fave topic, which was... <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, lovely to have dear. you on. We really have enjoyed it. Thank you for the chat. And um, thanks, Murray, for organising. And to Louis Hesterman, who's probably listening in Apollo Bay and, you know, wondering whatever he got involved for. Um, however, um, it's, uh, it's lovely to meet you and to, to chat with you. And thank you for spending the time. And we wish you all the uh, congratulations on the 50 years for Hey Hey, because it's such an exciting and, and memorable oh, space for many of our listeners um don't know too many people who wouldn't have known who Aussie Ostrich watch apart from my children who I showed last week I made them sit and watch a few snippets and they're I think they're, they're going to get into it <laughs> must right, be some reruns we we can that, run that's great Jules and and if you want to see any more of Hey Hey it's Saturday just tune into uh, YouTube and, and put in the search engine Dickie there and you'll see, see a lot of things which you, you horribly politically incorrect and Daryl's the ones that Daryl hasn't <laughs> rang YouTube up to say stop that you know I'll sue you. Um, anyway, there's, there's, there's hundreds of them. And uh, the, my final. Um, did we mention the earthquake? No, we didn't. Yes, we did. We did. We did. Ca- we, well, you right. did. You ha- we did. Do, we did have one this week. Yes, we did. Yes, We've done. Yeah, it. I know. But Cecile has got. Uh, wish she said right. That's it. Uh, earthquake drill. Uh, next one. We all go downstairs, get under the oak table that we have in our dining room, and we sit there and uh, until the earthquake passes. She said, oh, by the way, you're, you're in charge of going to the fridge and getting a bottle of vodka. <laughs> so I've got a very important part to play in our Excellent. earthquake <laughs> drill. Hey, Jules, it's been, it's been lovely. Thank you, my sweet. And, uh, you're very and welcome. hopefully we can do it again. Lovely to have you on. Are you going to watch the footy tonight? Oh, are you... a one-legged duck swim in circles. <laughs> are you, who are you going to barrack for? The D's, of course. The D's. The D's. Only because, only because it's their turn, I reckon. All right. Well, in that case, I better, I better find you something so I can play you that's a demon song. Hang on. What would you like? We've got a bit of deep purple here. We've got some... What else have we got? Oh, no. Well, see, see, deep purple is what you should be playing if storm winds. <laughs> yes, actually. I said, what are you going to put on your front fence? I said to him the other day, and he said, oh, uh, purple rain. Well, that's... Not rain, R-E-I-G. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. Yes. And I get it. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Well, I found you. The Demons Will Win, and this was actually a request uh, by Sue Ray, which is um, uh, a new track out this week, and this was requested by Dean Walker. Thank you very much, Dean Walker. Uh, so there you go. This is called Demons Will Win. There we go. Bit of luck to you. Okay. Enjoy your night and thanks very much for joining us on the program today.